0: Welcome to First Mover. This is your place to find the earliest look at the upcoming DFS slate. I'm your host, Dario Ofstein. I'm the director of analytics for Player Profiler. And you can find me on Twitter at Dario Ofstein. This show is presented by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, of course, is one of the primary sponsors here. We love what they're doing with Best And I will be telling you guys more about their Pick'em format and the new Pick'em insurance later on in the show. So Thanks to underdog for sponsoring the show and thank you to thanks to all of you for tuning in and we're going to be going right into week two, looking at trends from week one and then analyzing the matchups for week two position by position, game by game, looking at FanDuel salaries, DraftKings salaries, and then, you know, any injuries we're monitoring and break that all down. So let's get right into it. We've got 12 games on the main slate. And this includes the Jets at the Browns with the Browns favored by six and a half over under is 42. Um, The Jets, of course, lost to the Ravens last week, didn't play particularly inspiring football. Joe Flacco attempting 59 passes and 19 of those targets going to running backs, Michael Carter and Brees Hall. And the Browns, of course, won the revenge game against Baker Mayfield. And they'll be coming back home and be, you know, heavy favorites against a pretty weak Jets team. We have the Bucks at the Saints. The Bucs are favored by three over under there is 48. And the Bucs kind of imposed their will on the Cowboys, but they weren't able to finish in the red zone, as you guys know. And the Saints just barely managed to beat the Falcons. Got the walk-off field goal there and then a missed field goal to end a game. Blocked, I guess, technically. Buccaneers will probably be without Chris Godwin for the next couple weeks, as you guys probably heard from Ian Rappaport earlier today, and then we'll see how that affects the rest of the offense. As you guys might know, the Saints have beaten the Buccaneers in four straight regular season games, so this will be very interesting to see if Tom Brady has finally figured out the keys to solving the Saints' defensive riddle. Then we've got the Panthers at the Giants. The Giants are favored by two and a half, and the over-under there is 42 and a half. You've got the Panthers coming off that loss. Baker Mayfield did not look good. Their offense was not nearly as designed around Christian McCaffrey as you might hope for it to be. And the Giants, of course, coming off that week one win against the Titans. I mean, that was as big of a surprise as any other game on the slate. I think we all envisioned Derek Henry running all over the Giants, but instead we got a huge Saquon Barkley game and the ballsy two-point conversion call there from Brian Dable won them the game. So that's going to be a big one them excited to see whether they can keep that offense rolling and they are favored against a pretty weak Panthers roster the Patriots at the Steelers earlier the Patriots were favored by one and a half but last time I checked the line is no longer posted because we don't know what is the status of Mac Jones they said he had a back injury and it sounds like he may or may not play pretty iffy right now so the line's down for that one I think Either way, we saw both these offenses be really inefficient in Week 1, and this is probably a game we're going to want to be staying away from in DFS. Next, we've got the Colts at the Jaguars. Colts are favored by four, and as we know, they're coming off of that tie against the Texans. The Jaguars, of course, lost to the Commanders, and the Colts, you know, favored by four in this game. The over-unders, 46 and a half, probably looking at another very nice game script for Jonathan Taylor next game after that. You've got the Dolphins at the Ravens. Ravens are favored by three and a half and the over under is going to be 43 and a half. So Dobbins is one that we'll be monitoring here in terms of whether or not he's able to finally make his return from the ACL injury that kept him out of week one. We know he was close and we know he wants to come back. So it's just a matter of when not if the rehab finally gets to a place where the team is comfortable with throwing him out there. You know, the Ravens Lamar Jackson looked pretty good, but we also would have liked to see more targets going toward Rashad Bateman in this game from week one. So we'll see how that plays out for them as heavy favorites again in week two. The next game after that, you've got the Commanders at the Lions with the Lions favored by two and a half and the over-under at 48 and a half. This over-under has already moved two points since it opened last night. Last night, this was 46.5. Now it's gone up to 48.5. It's funny because I looked at the 46.5 and thought, like, this is a sneaky shootout game. And apparently, the sports books have agreed with me. So, you have the Commanders offense, which looked surprisingly efficient. Carson, Carson Wentz threw four touchdowns yesterday. And then the Lions, who got into the absolutely perfect Lions game script of playing from behind and having to chase the Eagles with an elite offense. And then, you know, seeing a lot of garbage time targets for Amon Ross St. Brown. DeAndre Swift. Um, not as much TJ Hawkinson as we might have hoped for. Good game for DJ Shark. We'll see if they can finally get that morale-building win after the loss against the Eagles that honestly never was as close as the final score made it look. Then you've got the Seahawks at the 49ers. Niners favored by 8.5, over-under is 42.5. It sounds like the Niners will be without Elijah Mitchell in this matchup, so we'll be thinking through you know options like Jeff Wilson, how much rushing volume can we expect to see for Debo Samuel? Maybe Tyrion Davis Price and Jordan Mason are going to be worth consideration, but we, you know, we never know what Kyle Shanahan is going to be doing with his running backs any given week. So we know that they'll probably have a favorable game script. We haven't seen the Seahawks yet this year, but I'm excited to see this 49ers offense in their first game that is not going to be in, you know, a, a total rainstorm in Chicago. So hopefully Trey Lance will give us more signs of life. And then we've got the Falcons playing at the Rams. Rams are favored by 10. This line opened with the Rams favored by 11 and a half. So um, clearly moving in favor of the Falcons right now. I think the Falcons looked better than people thought they would in week one. Marcus Mariota leaned heavily on play action and they he, they didn't turn the ball over. So he they looked good enough, but then they just managed to find a way to lose as they always do. Um, you do have to wonder whether... Some of these win probability models are going to have to start factoring in whether one of the teams is the Falcons, because frankly, the amount of 90 plus percent games they've managed to blow over these last five years is pretty remarkable. Cardinals at the Raiders. Raiders are favored by five and a half. And this one opened with a Raiders favored by three and a half. So we've seen a good bit of line movement there. Clearly, betters are not trusting the Cardinals right now. And this is also the game with the highest over under on the slate with 51 and a half. Both of these teams have pretty good offenses and some decently big question marks on defense. So this is probably the game that, you know, we'll you'll find us talking the most about this week on the Underworld Stack Fest show over on Roto Grinders, where you can see myself, the podfather, Eric Bimefor, we talk about the best matchups, the best games for DFS that you're going to want to be picking from when you're forming your stacks and your lineups. So sure, we'll be talking about that one heavily. And I think there's going to be a lot of pieces from those offenses that are very interesting. And then lastly, it's the Bengals at the Cowboys. The Bengals are favored by seven with an over under of 43 and a half. We know the Cowboys are going to be without Dak Prescott. So presumably they'll be starting Cooper Rush, who came in and filled in toward the end of the game there. And then the Bengals will try to get things rolling because they absolutely should have won that game that they blew against the Steelers yesterday. And I mean, it's hard to win any game in the NFL when you turn the ball over five times, but for the chances that they had, they really, you know, we know they should have come through with that. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more from them. But we also know that we're not going to see Joe Burrow attempting as many passes as he did last week. And we probably won't see them run 94 plays in a single game again. So be prepared for some regression in terms of just overall play volume, target volume for basically everyone in the offense. And yeah, that's that's pretty much the game's. There's four games with over-unders above 48. Um, that would be Falcons Rams at 48, Bucks Saints at 48, and Commanders Lions 48 and a half, Cardinals Raiders at 51 and a half. So a lot of options in that Cardinals Raiders game. You know, we've got Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro all there for stacking with Derek Carr, as well as Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz on the other side of it with Kyler Murray. We'll be monitoring Rondale Moore's injury, of course. Hopefully, he'll be able to make his 2022 debut. And hopefully, they will use him as more than just like a scat back, which is, you know, pass catching back that he was last year. Bucks at Saints. That should be a good one. And then Bucks, we've got Mike Evans, Julio Jones, stack with Brady. And then the Saints. Had a pretty sneaky, productive day for fantasy as well. I mean, Jameis Winston with Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas at his disposal. We didn't see nearly as much Alvin Kamara involvement in the passing game as we have in years past. So they've got him waiting in the wings potentially as a weapon. So lots of options in that Bucks Saints game. Commanders Lions, of course, Dotson, Samuel and McLaurin all found the end zone for the commanders. So you've got a pretty good receiving core there as well for Carson Wentz. It'll be interesting to see whether they can keep him afloat. And then you've got the Lions with Amon Ross St. Brown leading the team with 12 targets yesterday. TJ Hawkinson still there, of course. DeAndre Swift in the past game. Love to see that usage for him. And then DJ Shark and Josh Reynolds were the clear number two and three receivers there yesterday. So we've got a pretty pretty substantial number of targets there but we do know the pecking order so that's good and then falcons rams is probably the game you'll see me stacking a decent bit get some cooper cup action bring it back with london or pitts on the falcons side um that's going to be real sweet drake london had a pretty good debut game i would say he had i think he finished with five catches for 74 yards on i want to say it was seven targets and kyle pitts also had seven targets but only came down with two of those for 19 yards, so a pretty disappointing. Bottom line for Pitts there, but we can, you know, the targets were there. We can hope for better luck next time. But the Rams, of course, have a pretty solid defense with some star pieces that they'll have to be working around. Before we get into the DraftKings and FanDuel salaries, I just want to take a minute to tell you guys about Underdog and their new Pick'em insurance. This is basically a feature that allows you to. Make your typical underdog pick that you're used to and that we all know and love and you can do it with insurance, meaning that if you get, say, three out of the four picks right or four out of the five picks right, um, you can still win money on your bet so you don't have to be perfect anymore on underdog you can choose to turn on pick insurance and you can win even when you are wrong on one of your over unders so. That's something to take advantage of. Make sure you guys do your um, use the promo code underworld for your first deposit. You can get a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars for your first deposit. So promo code underworld, go over to underdog fantasy, download the app, and you know, place and pick them. Use insurance if you feel a little more risk averse, and then you know, start turning in those dollars we have. Of course, um, underdog picks every week on our site. So once those lines are up for week two, we'll get those picks up in the DFS module for us. And then you guys will be able to look at, you know, our personal picks here for the underdog player props. So, like I said, promo code Underworld, $100 deposit match on your first deposit. So, all right. So now let's take a look at some of the early salaries or... I mean, the salaries are what they are. The An early look at these salaries from DraftKings um, at quarterback, the only two like hyper-elite quarterbacks that we have on this slate are Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson at 7500 and $7,400, respectively. Um, Russell Wilson is priced kind of close to those elite quarterbacks at 7200 which uh, is a little steep. And then some of the value plays that I like this week are Derek Carr at 6200 Jameis Winston at 5,500 and Marcus Mariota at 5,600. Mariota, of course, is one of those sneaky Konami quarterbacks who's very cheap. And Jameis, you know, has always been a guy who can be viable for fantasy despite some of his occasional blunders. And we saw the Saints really just turn up that pass volume there in the second half and make the comeback against the Falcons. So hopefully we'll get to see more of Jameis unleash, And I think he's a good value play this week at running back. For DraftKings, Jonathan Taylor, 9,900, Christian McCaffrey, 8,900. And there's a bit of a tier break, and you've got Kamara at 7,400, Saquon Barkley, 7,300, Joe Mixon, 7,200, Nick Chubb, 7,100, DeAndre Swift, 7,000, James Conner, 6,900, and Leonard Fournette, 6,700. I think that is a pretty consolidated tier where you can take your pick, and they're all guys that we project for pretty elite workloads, and they're on mostly good offenses that are finding themselves favored this week, aside from James Conner and Alvin Kamara, who are both very capable pass catchers. And of course, you get the full PPR on DraftKings. So these are between those seven and then Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. That's kind of the elite running back tier for this week. Some values at running back that we like. Cordero Patterson is only 6,000. He was 5,800 last week, and he got elite usage just dominated the opportunities and the targets out of the backfield for the Falcons. Of course, Tyler Algier was inactive and then Damian Williams got hurt in the first quarter, so they had no one else to lean on. There's a pretty decent chance that if they had other running backs, they wouldn't have given him quite that much usage. So it'll be interesting to see whether Algier is active and if they manage to get around to using him. Antonio Gibson, 6,200. He had I think seven targets for 72 receiving yards yesterday got absolutely elite usage. Um, Out targeted JD McKissick, who's always the biggest concern for Antonio Gibson. And then you've got the two Rams running backs, um, Daryl Henderson at 5,700 and Cam Akers at 5,600. I think this week you kind of have to trust Henderson more. And with the workload that they gave him last week, you can probably plug him in pretty safely and confidently at 5,700. Jeff Wilson is priced at 5100 I think that with Elijah Mitchell having been ruled out, he looks to be a bargain, and I think there's a good chance the Seahawks get absolutely run over by the 49ers. And, and then lastly, in the running back bargains, Rex Burkhead, 4900 He, surprisingly to all of us, out outsnapped, out out-targeted Damian Pierce. We don't know why they listed Damian Pierce as their RB1 all preseason in the depth chart. And then just out of nowhere, Rexburg had week one. He put up a solid numbers. And like I said, the usage was, was RB1 level. So you can get him in your lines for only 4,900 this week. So that's going to be a value. And they're going to be chasing points probably against Denver. So maybe he'll be catching some passes in garbage time. Wide receiver on DraftKings. We got Cooper Cup leading the way at 9,900. Devontae Adams follows at 8,600. Jamar Chase at 8,000. Debo Samuel, 7,800. And Tyreek Hill, 7,100. Those are the top flight receivers this week. And then um, some values that I like, Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy are 6,100 and 5,600 respectively. And we have yet to see their game tonight, of course. And hopefully we'll get some clarity on which one of them will be a target leader for the team this year. And I think one of them stands to be a pretty big value for Week 2 DFS at those prices. Michael Thomas is only 5,800. Um, we saw him catch two touchdowns, of course, and maybe he's fully back. And I think that he, you know, Michael Thomas for 5,800 is great, great bargain. Um, Rashad Bateman is only 5,500. And now he's someone that, you know, we saw him make a huge impact on the game with only two receptions, one of them a 55-yard touchdown. So you're hoping to see a little more involvement from him. But we've got what presents to be another very favorable game script for the Ravens. Although I think the Dolphins could come out and surprise us and push them. It'll be um, very interesting to see what uh, Mike McDaniel draws up this week. Drake London, 5,200. I think he's going to be a great bring back for some Ram stacks. And like I said, he's been a pretty impressive NFL debut. Um, Curtis Samuel is only 4,600. He had, of course, a great game with 11 targets and four carries out of the backfield. It's pretty crazy that the two receivers who were best used in the run game are both named Samuel um cool coincidence there jacoby myers is only 4400 he had a 20 percent target share yesterday and he's still in the bargain bin and i think if um if mac jones is out definitely you're probably not even thinking about touching myers but if you get mac jones i think myers has to be in consideration he'll stand out as a pretty good value and then we have Jahan dotson coming in at 4200 um he obviously had two touchdowns and i think he had Five targets in the game, which was one more than Terry McLaurin. So you have those three receivers in Washington and Samuel and Dotson are still priced well below McLaurin right now. So I think one of them will probably win some people a lot of money in DFS this week. And then absolute bottom of the barrel dart throw this week at wide receiver is Greg Dortch at 3,500. He was second in snaps among receivers for the Cardinals this week. He surprisingly was their number two receiver, and I believe he actually ended up having more receptions than Marquise Brown. So he's priced the same as Jacoby Myers on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, he's a total bargain $900 cheaper if you're looking for a dart throw. Of course, that's dependent on Rondale Moore's health, but we saw good signs for Greg Dortch in week one. That's a perfect example of the reality of football being back is now we're talking about Greg Dortch in week two. <laughs> Tight end. For DraftKings, we got Mark Andrews at 6,400, George Kittle at 5,900, Darren Waller at 5,600, and Kyle Pitts at 5,400. Kyle Pitts is obviously coming off that pretty disappointing game, but you know we all know he's still Kyle Pitts and could absolutely smash any given week. Mark Andrews and Waller also had decent games without finding the end zone, and then at tight end, just going for the bottom of the barrel, Albert Okwibunum 3,700. I think he's another guy who. Once we see what Denver is doing in tonight's game, then it'll be potentially a huge value in DFS this week. Hayden Hurst is only 3,600 in a game where the Bengals will be heavily favored. But of course, keep in mind that their target volume is going to be much smaller than it was in that overtime game where they were just playing catch up the entire time. And then, bottom of the barrel dart throw here for tight end is Juwan Johnson. He's only 2,500 on DraftKings and He saw five targets in the Saints week one game. So he's the clear pass catching tight end and Adam Troutman did not um, have any receptions. So he's the Saints, you know, top receiving tight end. But keep in mind, he's still going to be at best fifth in the target pecking order. But he's definitely a dart throw for a touchdown or two. If you're looking to go cheap at tight end in a lineup over on defense, you've got kind of the six biggest favorites on the slate are all priced between 3500 and 4000 and that's the Rams, the 49ers, the Broncos, the Browns, the Ravens and the Colts. Those defenses are all set up pretty nicely this week. The Bengals at 2200 are going to be some major chalk. I mean this this um, price was clearly set before the Dak Prescott injury and, you know, stacking the Bengals with Joe Mixon is probably going to be a solid play this week. That's a little preview of our sample lineups I got coming up for you. And then I think the Saints at 2400 you know, they've managed to shut out Tom Brady for the last two seasons, and it'll be very interesting to see whether they can keep that up. And if they even come close to it, 2400 is going to be a great price for them at a bargain. So I'm going to give you a sample lineup for DraftKings, and then we're going to look at FanDuel. In this lineup, I went with a, a stack of Derek Carr, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller do a double stack in the best game on the slate. Bring it back with Hollywood Brown, who we know has elite big play potential and a quarterback who is very accurate deep down the field. Joe Mixon and the Bengals defense, like I just mentioned. I think that's going to be a very solid play and there's a good chance the Bengals just run away from the Cowboys in this game. And then I finish this one off with some good values at other positions. I think that Michael Carter at 5,200 is going to come up big we know he outsnapped. might have had one less reception than Brees Hall but he was clearly there running back one and then he's only 5200 this week Jacoby Myers coming in at 4400 and Jahan Dotson coming in at 4200 to sort of round out this uh, little hand-built lineup for week two of course Jacoby Myers is someone that you know we'll keep an eye on Mac Jones's health like I said earlier but just to read that one off to you guys from top to bottom it's Derek Carr at 6200 Michael Carter at 5,200, and Joe Mixon at 7,200 in the running back slots. Devontae Adams at 8,600. Marquise Brown at 6,200. Jacoby Myers at 4,400 in the three receiver slots. Um, Jahan Dotson at 4,200 is a receiver in the flex for us. Darren Waller, 5,600 in the tight end. And the Bengals defense coming in clutch at only 2,200. That's a lineup I, if I do say so myself, feel pretty good about on the Monday, six days before any of these games are played. So we'll see how things shape up. And now let's go on over to FanDuel where the quarterbacks are, again, Lamar and Kyler are the elite ones. They're 8,500 and 8,200 respectively. Um, You have Tom Brady at 8,000 coming in third. And then Russell Wilson at only 7,500. He's almost the same price on the two sites, even though, of course, you have $10,000 more to work with in salary on FanDuel. So I think if you want to play some rust stacks, definitely get those in on FanDuel. As far as bargains at quarterback go, Davis Mills is only 6,400. And, you know, we've seen him put up some major stats in garbage time in years past. The Texans had a very odd game script because no one thought they'd be playing from ahead against the Colts and Davis Mills threw two touchdowns to OJ Howard. They'll presumably be chasing the Rams this week. And I think that we got a good chance at some Davis Mills garbage time. And that's going to be a good value. Jameis Winston, again, is only 7,200 here, which I think is not quite as good of a bargain as you'll find for him on DraftKings, but I, I'm a believer in the the Jameis train. So I think that that's still a good value nonetheless. At running back, Jonathan Taylor is at 10,000 flat. It's Christian McCaffrey, 9,000. Saquon Barkley's all the way up to 8,800. We all got one, one good week from Saquon Barkley where he was underpriced in DFS, and now he's back up there. With the elites, Nick Chubb is 8,500. He's going to be in another absolute smash spot. I think his game went completely under the radar because he didn't find the end zone, but he had I think it was 22 carries for 140 yards on the ground, if I'm not mistaken. um So very impressive game from Nick Chubb, and he's only he's going to be 8,500 on FanDuel this week. Joe Mixon is 8,300. DeAndre Swift is 8,200. Uh, Leonard Fournette is 7,800 and James Connor 7,600. And the, again, that's the elite tier for you of the running backs. I think it's interesting how Fournette and Connor are the two cheapest of these tiers of elite backs. And yet we know that they're capable of absolutely uh, monster workloads and just dominating the touches out of their backfield. So hopefully we'll see more of that. Alvin Kamara is a little further down on he's 7,200. Jeff Wilson, once again, presents a huge value, 6,300. Daryl Henderson, 6,200. Michael Carter, 5,900. Rex Burkhead, 5,800. Travis Etienne is only 5,800 this week. So I think that, you know, with week one not going the way we wanted to see for Travis Etienne, I think you still have to trust everything we did leading up to week one. Of course, we're worried about James Robinson taking more of those touches, but I think you want to trust Travis Etienne and the Jaguars will probably be playing from behind once again against the Colts so hopefully we'll see a little more involvement for Travis Etienne I think he still stands out as a great value at that price and then of course we're monitoring the injury to Najee Harris from the week one game against the Bengals and if he is unable to play Jalen Warren is only going to be 5500 on Fanduel this week so something to keep tabs on there too We'll go over to wide receiver. Cooper Cup is 9,700. Devontae Adams is 8,800. Jamar Chase is 8,700. Mike Evans is 7,300. Tyreek and Debo are both 8,000. So uh, once again, with Debo Samuel this week, like how much involvement can he get in the running game without Elijah Mitchell, I think is a a great um, potential source for fantasy points for him. And then some other values at wide receiver on FanDuel is Christian Kirk. At 6,500, Christian Kirk led the Jaguars in targets yesterday He had 12 targets turned that into 113 yards. So pretty good game for him as that wide receiver one whose contract everyone who was kind of dunking on over the course of the offseason. Once again, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, 6,800 and 6,300 respectively. I think we'll get a good look at them tonight. And hopefully, uh, I think I have a good feeling that one of them or both is going to be a good value at that price this week. Elijah Moore is only 5,800. Now, there was not as many targets as you'd like to see. I think that Joe Flacco's arm might be completely dead, but Elijah Moore led the team in snaps, routes run, and he's clearly their alpha wide receiver. So I think we'll see some big games from him, and you're going to want to put him in some of your lineups, and 5,800 is a great price to do so. Brandon Ayuk is only 5,700. Like I said earlier, and I think Matt said this on Top 10 Takeaways earlier today, the game in Chicago is an absolute aberration and we haven't really gotten to see what kyle shanahan is going to be able to accomplish with trey lance as his quarterback and i think that you have to trust um all the preseason work that we did and all the indications that iuk is going to have some big games and i think that that's a great spot to play him in now we'll go down to tight end mark andrews is only 7400 or only just kidding yeah uh, leads the leads tight ends on this slate but i guess that's cheap compared to all the other positions am i right Darren Waller is 6,800. Taysom Hill is still listed as a tight end here on FanDuel. He's not actually anymore on DraftKings. I double checked this. And he's a quarterback now on DraftKings, but you can put him in your tight end spot on FanDuel, 6,200. George Kittle is 6,100. And Kyle Pitts is 5,900. Something egregious values on FanDuel is Zach Ertz is the same price as Mike Gasicki. So if you're playing some stacks in that big game, the highest over-under between the Cardinals and the Raiders. Make sure you get a little bit of exposure to Zach Ertz on FanDuel because I can't believe he's the same price as Gisicki. and only $100 more than Albert O, who is also in position to be a very good value at $5,100. Juwan Johnson, again, I think is a bottom-of-the-barrel play. He's only $4,500, though I think in, in this format, you might as well spend up to the Ertz and Albert O tier. And then defense, you've got the same six favorites that we talked about earlier from 4,300 to 4,900 range. And then the Steelers are at 5,000 and the Cowboys are at 4,400. It's funny because the Steelers, I think we know they're going to be without TJ Watt, but they potentially are going to be facing Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi for the Patriots. So I think that they kind of found themselves in a great spot anyway. And the Cowboys price is kind of clearly uh, a mistake from the, you know, the Dak Prescott injury perspective. And I don't think you want to be touching them against the Bengals in a game that they'll probably lose by multiple scores yeah the Bengals defense once again coming in pretty chalky and very cheap they're only 3,900 not quite as egregious of a value as they are in DraftKings, but again I still think they'll end up being the chalk on this slate and then let me just read off a little sample FanDuel lineup for you guys went with Russell Wilson double stacked as my quarterback here He's 7,500, Cortland Sutton, 6,800, and Albert O, 5,100. And then a little mini correlation between Daryl Henderson and Drake London here. I think, like I said earlier, Daryl Henderson's probably going to get a good lion's share of the workload again. And we know they're going to be favored against Atlanta. And then that double stack for Russ, we're bringing it back with Brandon Cooks at 6,700. And then we're able to, you know, with these underrated stacks, we're able to get Cooper Cup in the flex at 9,700 and Saquon Barkley as the RB2 at 8800 So lots of potential ways to play this slate that allow you to get those elite options. And then this one is uh, rounded off with the Lions defense, who's facing Carson Wentz. Didn't want to go with the Bengals defense in both of these lineups. I think that's a bit of a freebie. And I think that facing Carson Wentz, uh, he's still Carson Wentz. And I think that's a game that we expect both offenses to be fast. And they might have, you know, a couple turnovers, maybe get a lucky pick six. I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback that you want to hope for that to come against. So that'll do it for this week two preview. Um, Hope you guys have a better idea of week two and what's coming up. And just the games we're going to see on the slate, how we expect it to go. We are going to call this a day for first mover episode two. Hope you guys... uh, you know, won some money yesterday in week one of DFS. And hopefully we're able to repeat that in week two. So see you guys next week and make sure to tune in to the Underworld Stackfest on the Roto Grinders podcast feed on Friday. Thank you, everyone.